You are listening to Talking Home Renovations with a House Maven. Is it time to renovate your house, but you're worried that you don't really know what you're doing? This is an educational and entertaining podcast that will ease your fears. Or maybe you just love hearing about home renovations like I do. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I practice in Eastern Massachusetts. On the show, I interview other architects, vendors, contractors, and homeowners to gather tips and stories about home renovations. You can learn about materials, systems, sustainable practices, what to expect, what to avoid, and how to make the most of the money that you'll spend on your renovation. In this episode, I'm speaking with Kevin Craddock, who is a builder from Boston, and he's explaining the difference between fixed fee and time and materials pricing. Kevin, thank you for coming on to the show. Sure, sure. Anytime. I love it when contractors come on because I feel like, um, generally speaking, builders and contractors are kind of a big mystery to people. And I really love your work and I think it's really, really beautiful. So I'm looking forward to hearing what, what you have to say about today. We're going to be talking about fixed price versus cost plus. Is that right? Um, yeah, I'd be happy to chat about that. Um, yeah, contractors can be a mystery to people and there's a lot of stereotypes out there. I, I like to think that um, I don't fall into any I don't think uh, particular stere- stereotype. And I think uh, most of us don't as as you know, as is normal with any stereotype, you know. Well, right. That's the way they are, those stereotypes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the price to do a project, mm-hmm. right? So obviously, in order to get to that price, you need to know what the project's about. So I guess we need to start ahead of you doing the price. You know, work comes to us in a bunch of different ways. Um, it comes, I mean, it's basically three different streams of leads that I have. You know, there's the social media, and it is pretty much at this point, equal thirds, um, mm. you know, a third of it's, uh, through social media. Um, a, a third is, um, repeat work or word of mouth. Um, those tend to be more experienced, um, clients. We, oh, uh, back up for one sec to social media. I love my social media clients cause I, they feel like they know me, um, mm. because they've been following along and, and, right. And one of the big, one of the reasons that I do my Instagram thing and all that other stuff is really just to spread the word about how we do things. And uh, it's kind of a little bit of, um, you know, in in video and photos and some words, it's kind of like a a roadmap on how we work and how to work with us. So I love the social media people and, and you know, the the social media kind of comes into play with the other two categories um, too, because... uh, you know, I always tell people, well, check me out if you want, if you want to know what we're all about, check me out on Instagram um, before mm-hmm. we meet and you'll, you'll get a good idea. So, you know, I've got the social media um, clients and I've got those, um, you know, the repeat business word of mouth. And then the third is coming in through architects, which I would call, you know, the traditional, um, the traditional method. Um, so, you know, we organize our pricing in all different ways, depending on um, wh- where where the project's coming in. Um, when when we when we get when we hear from you know direct from a client, whether it's for social media or or uh, through repeat business, um, I kind of uh, you know firstly figure out if they're if they have an architect and a designer already, and if they don't, I try to connect them with someone and talk about. Um, how to how to get a good team put together, um, you know, to set the project up for success and make sure you know the schedule, budget, all those really important things uh, um, are 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 paid attention to. Um, so you know, 
so that's kind of, and then we go on from there into pre-construction and, and on to pricing and stuff. Um, when we get projects through architects, um, a lot of times it's, um, it's coming in and, and sort of a, an organized uh, quote unquote um, bid bid form, um, mm-hmm. which is that kind of traditional method where the architect knows best um, is the advocate for the client, protecting the client from from the general contractor, helping them to to um, process and synthesize all the information and the pricing and stuff, um, and then helping them make a decision, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with comparing, um, you know, contractors because, you know, you've got a client who they need to make a decision and they need to be guided in that decision. Um, you know, where we run into trouble is, uh, when it's, when the, when the price is the main focus, um, and the state of the drawings, um, is not ready for a fixed price. So, Um, and these, a lot of times, you know, depending on who, and I love architects, we, we actually will not do a project without an architect. So, um, it's, it's not about not having an issue with architects. It's having an issue with how, how, you know, the, how a job gets started and how the relationship gets started and really what the priorities are. Mm. Um, and to me, the priority isn't getting a cheap job or getting, you know, getting, getting a good price for someone, it's getting them um, really good value and a really high quality project that meets our quality standard because you've come to us and you want us to do the project. So it doesn't meet, you know, we exceed the architect spec all the time and I don't have a problem doing that. And a lot of times we won't, we won't dial, we won't roll it back to the architect spec because it doesn't meet our quality standard. Um, and if people don't want to work with us and, you know, they don't want to pay, whatever the difference in cost, you know, going from the baseline spec to our spec, that's totally their choice. And that's completely fine with me. I recognize that by, by having a conversation in that way, I'm telling some people, um, Hey, it doesn't seem like we should work together, but I think that's, I mean, being honest and forthright about that stuff from the beginning is kind of pretty crucial to me because, um, you know, I, we take on a project for life. Um, in most cases. So it's the start of a really raw, a really long relationship and it, and it should start, you know, in the right way. Um, and it shouldn't be based on, um, some arbitrary number, um, that really, that where there's not even enough information to be as accurate as it's sometimes represented and represented, yeah. if you know what I mean. I do. I do know what you mean. So when you say yeah. start the right way, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Start in a way where where we're all, we're all aligned um, on what our priorities are, and the priority is the project, um, and and making sure um, not only do we have that architect that we've got an interior designer on board that we've got um, we've considered audio visual and some of the stuff that can creep up later and cause problems in a project. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're doing outside work. Most of the time we're going to recommend or sometimes we're going to stand our ground and, and say we need this, uh, that a landscape architect be involved in the project, too, because uh, we really take a holistic approach. We want um, I, I'm not a designer. I'm a builder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I want uh, I want to surround myself with with, uh, you know, very proficient professionals 
who are going to get their job, get the job done in all of the different wheelhouses that come along with this project. Right. So really just kind of getting a, a complete, a great team, uh, making sure we're all compatible with each other. Um, if people have worked together in the past, it's always a plus because, um, you know, that kind of getting to know you um, phase is, is sometimes eliminated or, or shortened, which is, which can help really get to the, um, get to that, the fun stuff where we can all work together toward a goal. And it's worked for everybody, including the client. Um, it's not like we're out here doing all the work and our, I mean, it, it does work that way sometimes, but if you want to be a part of your project, you have to do the work and make the decisions and make them, you know, in a timely way and stuff like that. Right. What does that look like? What kind of information do you need to give a fixed price? We need all the information to give a fixed price. And that's why we generally don't do it right. um, because we need every single part of the project detailed out a hundred percent because um, we're basically, you're basically saying, Hey, I want to pay X amount for this. That's all, I, you know, and I want you to tell me exactly what it's going to cost. So I need to in turn say like, okay, I need you to tell me exactly what you want. And that's not possible. I, ha I, I haven't seen it. Um, hmm. Do you ever so, do a, like a fixed price with allowances so that the things uh, that might shift? We, we have in the past. I mean, and, you know, obviously nothing's absolute. We have done fixed price work in the past as well. Um, you know, the times that we have done um, fixed price projects, if you, if, you, if you end up with a set of drawings and you're going to make certain assumptions, um, from my perspective, I'm going to assume um, that we're going to do it a certain way. Um, I'm going to assume that it's to my spec and then I'm going to offer a price uh, for that. You compare that to someone else, it could be apples to oranges, even though we're both looking at the same set of documents because there's still room to make assumptions and stuff like that. And then the other, the other part of the, um, you know, that the, the, the issue I really have with a fixed price, um, contract is that it, it really incentivizes the builder to do a low quality job. Um, mm. it, you have to be honest. I mean, if you're honest, you're not going to do that, but. Um, there is incentive to do that because uh, just take any line, you know, besides an allowance where, you know, the book gets opened up on an allowance because we do a submittal showing all the costs to the client and, and we, th there's, there's visibility there, but every other part of the project is closed to the client. They can't see the information because it's a fixed price. Mm. It's behind that veil of the contract. And I, so I give a client a price. Say it's fifty thousand for plumbing on a project. To me, you know, we take an honest approach. So if we were on a fixed price, we wouldn't be trying to bid that out and get the lowest price possible. Um, but if it comes in under, whatever is left over goes in my pocket. Um, and yeah. uh, obviously, I'm going to plan for that. Uh, but no one, no one but me has control over that. Um, if I'm not honest, I'm looking until I find a plumber that's, you know, $10,000 cheaper and I'm putting 10,000 in my pocket and mm -hmm. I'm giving my client a $40,000 plumbing job for 50,000. Um, right. which to me, that just doesn't make any sense. It's a lot more work. Um, the, the data management and, and reporting and stuff on cost plus 
it's a lot more work than fixed price. Um, but it's definitely worth it because it enables me to be completely transparent with my clients and allow them to make the decision. Or even if I'm not allowing them to make the decision because they don't have deciding power on every single thing on the project. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm explaining to them, you know, the logic behind the decisions we made and, you know, budget is, all, is, is a consideration, but it's not the first consideration. The first consideration is the quality of the project and the longevity of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's kind of nutshell, you know, how I feel about, you know, fixed price versus, uh, cost plus, um, you know, we've been doing cost plus for a number of years. And as I mentioned, it, it is a lot of work, but I feel like, you know, even if you're in the fixed price as a business owner, you should be doing that work because you want to figure out whether or not you're losing or making money. Yes, but it's, yeah. you don't, but you don't have to do it. Um, True. You, you could not know that you're losing money. And that's the other thing, um, especially in these busy times when everyone's overloaded with too much work to do. If you're not really forced to keep track of your budgeting and stuff like that. Things can go really wrong if you don't have a handle over your construction finances. Mm-hmm. So what does a cost plus uh, contract entail? Yeah. So the way we organize our contract, basically um, we still do an itemized estimate. So it's not like, Hey, lump sum, you know, a million dollars, this is cost plus. Um, we still do a, a very detailed itemized estimate. But it's an estimate. It's it's an educated guess. It's based on, you know, the conditions on the site and the data from all of our jobs that we've done. Um, so it's it's very accurate, but it's not it's it's an estimate. Um, mm-hmm. So we have that, you know, kind of line item. You know, we use CSI cost codes. All our paperwork is, you know, similar to the AIA type stuff, um, pretty detailed continuation sheets and stuff like that. Um, we're heavy on, on the paperwork side. So we do give a detailed budget, but um, instead of a bid, it, it's, it's, it's a control budget. So it's really just a reference. Um, it's something to work to. In general, we say, you know, when I, when I give someone a, um, a control budget estimate, um, we tell them to reserve 10%, you know, 10% contingency. We don't add any contingency. Mm-hmm. So that's all that raw information that, um, that we, you know, we give people right up front, you know, when we, when I do an initial estimate, I don't share everyone's proposals and everything, but before we commit to any subcontractor, we explain it to our clients and we, you know, we show them all the paperwork, our invoicing, we've got, you know, backups. So we, we provide backup with every invoice, you know, every two weeks we send an invoice. So if there's an, if there's a, if plumbing's on there, you're going to see the actual invoice that came from the plumber attached to that invoice. Um, And then we just have um, a rate sheet that goes with that. And the things that really fluctuate, um, you you know, when I do an estimate, I I walk the subcontractors through, they give me a price. um, So really I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with a fixed price from my subcontractor. I'm just passing that on in the form of a, in the, in the estimate. um, And the, and the contract is, is cost plus. So we take a bunch of other fixed prices and kind of coordinate them into this budget, but then the budget is connected to a cost plus contract. So we still have a little flexibility if we want to, you know, if if we want to go with a different plumber, we'll get a different price, 
we'll show that price to the client and we'll make the decision there. So then, you know, my entire control budget is all raw costs and then there's one markup fee. So that's the plus part. Um, and then plus is your part. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, also as a part of our contract, we have a labor sheet, you know, so we, we, we charge different labor rates for project management, coordination, supervision, uh, work on site. Um, and, in our in our biweekly invoice, um, the client would see that on on a labor report. So it'll show like who worked, what they worked on. Uh, so there, there's a full report on that as well. Hmm. So that seems like a more fair situation anyway for you and either way, I, for you or the homeowner. I think so. Yeah, because uh, I mean, that's my opinion, because we just charge what it costs. We don't we don't lose. I mean, we don't lose and the client doesn't lose it's just fair whatever it is it is um the things that can you know the things that fluctuate a little more have to do with how the group behaves um throughout the process you know if we're behind because of design or some other reason and the duration is extended we have like you know some of the hourly costs are durational so if we add a month to the project even though scope wasn't necessarily added some of those management mm. fees and things are going to go up. And then, you know, uh, some of the, you know, we, we do all our, all our own carpentry. So my, you know, my employees do all the work and, you know, if you go outside to do a bunch of exterior trim in September, it's easy. If in February it can be hard and it takes, it takes a different amount of time. And so it's really like the moment in time that you do the work, Hmm. And that that kind of goes back to the fairness of it. Everybody's, you know, we're 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 we live in New England. We're we're working to complete a project for a client. Uh, we're working in the cold. It's hard, and then we lose money. That's what would happen with the with the fixed price. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so it's, right. It, so I mean, I think across the board, it's just uh, more fair and it makes more sense. Um, and I I mean. That's kind of my niche of the, I would say, I mean, at least the other, my fellow builders that are kind of in my same market here in Boston, um, we all kind of do it that way. But I recognize that nationally, I think it's pretty rare. And when you get outside of the Boston area and outside New England, it's unless, unless you're dealing with super high end projects, it's, I think it is pretty rare. Um, hmm. Even in the state of mass, when you're doing a renovation project, you have to kind of like add a bunch of a bunch of info to your making sure that you have a price, even though it's a cost plus project. Um, and then I, you mean on the permit on the on the contract actually um, oh, on okay. the contract. Um, and also, I believe like you you're excluded from arbitration in the state if you if you have cost plus. There's a few there's a few uh, contract mm. things that it's just like the literally the home improvement statute isn't even set up for cost plus. So, um, mm. it, it is somewhat rare in the, like when you blow it up nationally or, but it, it works for me. You know? So if someone's trying to find a contractor and they don't, they don't, they wouldn't set up a contract in a cost plus, how would you think they would, I mean, you don't have any idea, I guess, but how do you think they might react if someone asked them to do that? A cost plus instead of a fixed price. Um, I mean, I have that conversation a lot with people. Um, I talk about the fairness of it, and um, 
and really i always tie it back to the project because that's that's our main objective is our is the quality of the work that we do and anything that right. interferes with that i'm against it and that's kind of what i tell people it interferes with that because it incentivizes us even in a subconscious way to do, to do the project based on budget rather than quality you know mm. and the but and i should say the budget isn't the last thing on the list but it's not the first for us. Mm -hmm. But even so, even if it were a, a situation where for the homeowner, the budget is first, I mean, they're getting what they pay for or they're getting what they ask for and then paying for what they ask for. Right. Right. So it would seem like you could still get a good deal. I mean, it's not like I'm saying there's no padding of anything that people. Yeah. Sometimes I've worked on projects where they just say it's going to be 329000 with no detail right. at all. Yeah. That's just how much it is. Mm -hmm. I mean that doesn't seem great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in my opinion, it, it um it gives them more control over how they spend their money. But the one thing is, they can't, they can only uh, lower the budget in the right ways, not in the not in the wrong ways. Uh, which mm. they can they can adjust the scope. They can use different materials. Generally, they they won't get everything they want um, if if it's if it costs more. Um, they don't have the option, and a lot of people in the business business world are kind of used to this kind of dollars and cents mentality. They don't have mm -hmm. the they don't have the okay, let's you know let's go bid this out, let's dial this down. You know what I mean? Um, which are things that I hear a lot out in the world. Um, that's the part like that sharpen yeah, sharpen our pencils. Yeah, it's kind of like pencils. There's nothing when my <laughs> books are open already. There's nothing to sharpen. So, if, you know, right. I can't you lower a mechanical pencil. You can't even sharpen it. Yeah, exactly. So I can't lower my price yeah. if, unless something about the scope changes, you know, um, and I have, that's what I always tell people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always looked at it as, you know, if I can lower my price, I was charging you too much in the first place. So I'm, I, I, well, that's the implication. Yeah. So that's why I think it's kind of offensive when people say, can you sharpen yeah, your pencil? Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, no, not really. Yeah. Can no, you... but we can change the scope. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people just want to kind of haggle with the contractor, I find. And I don't think that's fair at all. So, yeah, reduce the size of the project or reduce the, um, you know, the material costs of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's Instead. the way to go. And, and you know, uh, I mean, we can phase stuff sometimes. It really depends. You know, we don't do small, really small projects. So, it, um, it's, you know, if a project is big enough to break apart, um, and still makes sense for us as a company to do it, then, then I'm always willing to do that. But, um, we do have, you know, we're pretty strong in the project management department. We have layers of management. So, um, small jobs don't really work that well with that because we need a big enough budget to, um, you know, to, to give it the right amount of attention. Right. Anything else you really want to tell homeowners while you have the chance? Um, I mean, <laughs> no. quite, I would say it's all about the project. It's in your best interest. Um, if you have a certain amount of, amount of money to spend, there is such a thing as too good to be true and make sure, um, you know, you listen to all the people you're talking to um, and, analyze your information and and if if there's one outlier that seems really great um outliers yeah are bad so avoid that um we've you know we've we've had a 
a handful of times where I've looked at projects and and they've gone with someone else due to price and you know oh this guy can do that same scope for twenty percent less and then um, you know a couple hundred thousand dollars later we're back on the job and it costs even more than it was initially um, because now we have to go and mm -hmm. fix other people's work so um, and I would say. Uh, it's really hard to get anybody to do anything right now on your house because everybody's so busy. And I would just be, you know, as someone who's avail who, who's available and ready to go, there's probably something wrong with that too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Well, uh, where can people find you? I mean, you mentioned Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, and it's uh, my handle there is Craddock Builders, and uh, you know our website's CraddockBuilders.com. That's with one D, C-R-A-D-O-C-K. We're based in Boston. We do um, large, uh, mostly renovation, you know, whole house renovation. So large, pretty much in the luxury market, although, um, you know, that's kind of a loaded word, I feel. Um, mm -hmm. But really, it is a luxury at this point. Um, and, you know, we also have a cabinet shop. So we make cabinets and furniture and, and, and millwork and everything, mostly for our projects. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just have a lot of fun doing it. And I have a, a large team of uh, really uh, high energy, positive people. Um, and we all love what we do. It's fun. Well, thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Thanks for listening. I hope you subscribe to this podcast. If you don't, please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. And if you have time to write a review, that would be so helpful. Please contact me for any reason at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. I love to hear from people. You can also join my Facebook group, which is Talking Home Renovations Together. And I'm on there with a bunch of people who have also been on the show, have been guests on the show and other architects and homeowners and contractors. And so we can just talk about whatever issues people might have right there in the Facebook group. If you're on Clubhouse, come join me 10 a.m. Eastern Saturday mornings. There is so much information on my website, which is TalkingHomeRenovations.com. Head over there for transcripts, episode enhancements, other information. If you want to be a guest? That's where you'll find that information in the application. This podcast is a member of Gable Media, which is the largest AEC network on the planet. Check out the other content on the network at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. This podcast is a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects, where we believe architects are for everyone. Until next time, take care. <laughs>